thanks, he broke and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Um, A lot of times when we are talking communion, um, many people, they, they believe Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. I don't really realize why he had to do that. So I want to get into this just a little bit with you. The Bible says the life is in the blood. Now, we know that when Jesus was born in the manger on Christmas and born of uh, Mary and Father God, that the blood that flowed in his body was the blood of his Father God because the, the blood comes from the man. That's the reason the child has the man's name. Now, any time there's life in a person, there's blood. But if you take the blood out, there is no life. A lot of times people have said, well, why, why is there such a big deal about the blood? Well, when, when Jesus went to the cross, we had to know that we know that we know he died. Did he actually take our place and die, or did they just take him off the cross? Well, if he shed his blood and all of the blood is gone from his body, there's no way he's alive. The fact that he died there in our place is proof that he took our place on the cross and indeed tasted death for every man. Today, when when we hear Jesus talking and he said to Peter after he rose from the dead, he said, touch me for flesh and bones do not have, you know, do not have life. In other words, he didn't mention blood in his body. He has no blood in him. Now you think about this for a minute. If he has no blood in him, where is it? Well, when he, when he died and went down to the region of the damned and took our place, God raised him from the dead to prove he accepted the sacrifice. And if he raised him from the dead and made him righteous again, that means not only God accepted him, but he accepted you. And that means if he accepted you, and then after he rose from the dead, Mary came to him, and she made a statement. She, you know, she's this rabboni, a rabbi, and he said, do not touch me. I have not ascended to my God and your God, to my Father and your Father. In other words, redemption wasn't finished. He had to take his blood to the place in heaven. There was a seat there called the judgment seat. Now, that judgment seat was all of the laws that were there that were against us. But when he stepped in with his blood, he took the blood and turned the judgment seat to a mercy seat. So that when you and I walk in now and we come to approach God, he's always in the presence of the blood of Jesus as a remembrance that we have a legal right to be there and there is no judgment on us. There is no more condemnation. So Jesus said, as often as you drink this cup, you do this in remembrance. 
we need to have times we remember that everything we have right now, eternal life, joy, life, peace, everything is because of the blood of Jesus. That's the only reason. You and I don't ever need to get haughty and think that we're helping God out even a little bit. We're not. Everything he did was mercy. Everything he did was mercy. We didn't deserve any of it. For everybody had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And according to law, we were judged. But according to grace, but grace came, someone says, well, it was free. It was free to us, but it cost Jesus big. It cost him big to pay for our salvation. And he did that with his very own life. I want to read this to you um, um, I want to read something Andrew Murray said, and I want to, I'm reading a little bit out of Mark Hankins' book. He who once gave his blood for us will surely every moment impart its effectiveness. Trust him to do this. Trust him to open your eyes and give you a deeper spiritual insight. Trust him to teach you to think about the blood as God thinks about it. Trust him to impart to you and make effective all that he enables you to see. So what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the manifested presence. It's his goodness, his mercy, his compassion. It includes all advantage, all favor, all wealth, all provision. The Bible is the story of how God restores the glory to man. So I'm going to read out of the Amplified Romans 3.24. It says, all are righteous and made up right in the sight with God freely and graciously by grace. His unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption that's provided in Christ, whom God put forward before the eyes of all as a mercy seat and a propitiation by his blood and cleansing and life sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation. A lot of big words. I'm going to explain to you what they mean. The word propitiation means reconciliation or restoration to fellowship and friendship and favor. Because of the blood, the moment the blood is applied, you immediately come back into favor with God. Let's go back in our minds in a story in the Old Testament. Do you remember when um, um, Joshua came in to the promised land and God had sent him in and said, I want you to wipe out all the inhabitants that are in there. Well, there was a group of people, I think it was the Gideonites, that said, oh, we're dead because the favor was on Joshua and they couldn't lose a battle. They didn't lose a man. They were walking in their covenant and these people said, well, we, we don't want to die, but we know we're under judgment and we know that when Joshua comes, he's going to kill us. So they got together and they planned a, 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 a scheme and they, they, they put on old clothes and got old bread and they came and said, we're from a far country and we're heard about you and we want to make a covenant with you. And Joshua did not check to see if they were nearby and he cut covenant with them. And they, they cut a covenant and they took communion and then Joshua found out this is the enemy. And then he said, but we can't touch them. Somebody say, wow. Say it backwards. 
These are people who were under judgment and they were going to die. But because he, even though he tricked them and they made a covenant, he had to honor it. I want you to know the Bible says, I'll never leave you. I will never, never forsake you. Because Jesus cut a covenant, even if you were the enemy of God, he honors that blood as far as you're concerned. And you are now the friend of God, not because you and I are all that hot, but because we have a covenant by the blood of Jesus and we've been welcomed back into the family of God. I mean, even if you were a son of a gun, you're welcome back into the family of God by the blood. It's very important for you to understand when you're taking communion for you to stop and go, thank you. Woo, thank you. That's the only thing separating you and I from judgment. And remember that when he's in heaven and you come walking in, the standing between you and him is blood. And he looks at the mercy seat and says, what do you need? All right, I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. All right. Don't you enjoy doing communion? I love communion. I take communion at home sometimes by myself. Just sit and take communion and just fellowship with God. It says in Exodus 25, 22, listen to this. And there I will meet with you. I will commune with you above the mercy seat from between the cherubim and the ark of the testimony and all that I have given and commandments to the children of Israel. He said, if you want to come meet with me, meet me at the mercy seat. And the moment that they came before the mercy seat, the presence of God would always come. Anytime you want to meet with God, if you'll come by blood, he'll meet with you anytime. He cannot dishonor what Jesus did. And you've been trying all this time to get him to like you. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He loves us and he does like us. But this was his plan. This was all his idea. All right, we're going to get into pleading the blood in a minute. But, you know, the old Pentecostals have a saying, plead the blood. Well, for the ones of you that are visitors here, I'm going to explain to you what that means. Because if you come from a church where they don't walk around going, well, I just plead the blood. You're going to think that maybe we just, you know, don't have good sense. Plead the blood. What's a plead the blood? Well, if you plead innocent, you're a liar. Because you ain't innocent. You can't walk into God and go, innocent. No, you ain't innocent. When you can't say guilty because you can't damn yourself. You don't want to walk in there and go guilty because he's going to go, yeah, amen. So you, you kind of stuck. <laughs> so you walk in the throne room and God goes, how you pleading? You go, the blood. The blood. What? The blood. <laughs> So anytime your kids are acting up, just go, I plead the blood. Anytime the devil messing with you, I plead the blood. Anytime the devil putting sickness on, I just plead the blood. Anytime you need the money to come in, I just plead the blood. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been saved now for over 40 years, and I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people don't like Trump because he's so imperfect. But you know, I don't know whether y'all have ever thought about this or not, but if the standard you're trying to put on Trump, I don't even live up to the standard you're wanting. I, I don't even, you'd, you'd have to eliminate most pastors. 
I'll come over here and preach. I didn't mean to get a political tonight at Christmas. It's amazing how many people are talking about all his faults. Well, heck. I was going to say something else, but you know it's Christmas. I've been saved over 40 years, and I'm going to tell you something. I still come to God by the blood. I have never had the nerve to go, I've been doing good. Because <laughs> me, you, and the devil both know that ain't right. <laughs> Isn't it amazing the day you got saved, you were the sorriest human being on the planet, and he accepted you? Why do you think you've helped him since? Amen. Never mind, I got more to read. Say, thank you for the blood. Apparently named, the mercy seat represents the infinite mercy. You can never do anything to deserve God's favor. Our access into the holiness of God is initiated and finished by grace and by mercy. Nothing you do can merit forgiveness. You're saved not by works of righteousness, but by God's mercy. He is rich in mercy. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Don't you love that scripture? You had a bad day, you just go, hey devil, the sun's coming up. His, <laughs> I just get excited about it. His mercy is for our failures and grace on our future. He is the father of mercy. Page two. The moment you exercise faith in the blood, you will instantly have a meeting with God. The devil would like to take advantage of your lack of knowledge and try to destroy your life. Let me tell you something. If you're going through trouble, he's trying. The Bible says your adversary, the devil. I want you to learn something. It's not your family. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids and it's not your next door neighbors. They're not, the people of the earth aren't waking up going, I wonder how we can mess them up. They're not, they don't have time to mess with you. They might be messed. They might be doing something. But you know, your enemy is the devil and you've got authority over him. Now he don't want you to know that, but he does. Exercising faith in the blood of Jesus will stop the devil and bring you into fellowship with God. Say amen. amen. You know, when I was a young man, I watched a person get saved every Sunday. It, it was pathetic, and I knew that they were sincere. Every Sunday morning, give an altar call, and they'd run to the front. They never felt forgiven. They, they were aware that they didn't have it all together. And, and every Sunday, they, they thought I had to go get saved because they thought that they were only forgiven. Well, by Monday, they'd blown that. So every Sunday, they're coming back to get saved again. And I thought, bless their heart. They don't know. First of all, you've been redeemed back to God by the blood and made new creations. But God knew you and I were a mess when he saved us. And he said this, listen, he who began a good work in you shall complete it. Now, now that means that he knew you were a mess and that blood has you covered. 
Come on, I'm doing real good. See, you see, God's not looking at your good, the bad, or the ugly. He's, when he looks at you and I, he only sees the blood of Jesus. And that's why he treats us. That's why now we can grow with, with all of our mess-ups. I'm talking about me, not just Lisa. She don't really have very many. That's because I pray for her all the time. Not really. What does the word remission mean? Remission of sins means forgiveness, but it's more than that. It means the cancellation of penalty, the removal of guilt. If you had a terminal disease and cancer and you went to the doctor and he said, your cancer is in remission, that means it has become inactive. That means your guilt has now become inactive. It's not affecting you anymore. It's in remission. That means that it's, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm a new creation. If you want to keep it in remission, you need to get up every morning and say, the just live by faith. My faith is in the blood of Jesus. When his blood was shed, I was forgiven. I am redeemed. I am free. The curse is broken. I am healed. I have access to God. I have found my meeting place, and I can meet with God anytime I want to through faith in the blood. All right, I want to close. You thought, well, this is a short sermon, isn't it? That's because we know you got to get home and get ready for Santa. Okay. I told Lisa a while ago, joking, I says, I won't sleep a wink tonight. I was trying to be funny, but she didn't get my joke. Never mind. I don't think y'all got my joke. How many of you older people remember not sleeping? Mama got me walkie-talkies one year, and in our home, we were always allowed to open one gift Christmas Eve, kind of a tradition, and I knew which box was the walkie-talkies. So I got them out, and I hid them under the couch, and I went in the bedroom all night and listened to them as they... Now you know why I had to get saved. I was a rascal. I felt like James Bond... Now, I want to show you something that, um, and we're going to read this together, um, Revelation 12, 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation has come, and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. You accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. Does he ever accuse you? One more time. I that was weak. Do you ever deal with guilt? Do you deal with shame? Did you know that if we could eliminate guilt and shame, that most diseases in people's bodies would, would, would leave? Did you know there's only one way to deal with it? The blood, the blood of Jesus. It'll clean your conscience from dead works. Now listen to what he says. And they overcame him, talking about the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Tonight, what we're going to do in here is because there's people that are sitting here right now that go, I have some stuff I need to get under the blood. Amen. Let's do it. 
Don't ever be ashamed of that. He left us this, even though we can only be born again once. We can be restored to fellowship many times. And even if you haven't broken fellowship, the blood, taking communion is your way of coming to God and going, tonight I'm doing this as a reminder that everything that I have, everything I ever will be, my eternal destiny is because of your blood. I am saved. Now, it'll work for healing if you'll put your faith in it. So if you gentlemen would come on and bring the communion up. Are you all ready? Hallelujah. Might take them a couple of minutes. I think they run back to the kitchen and get it all. For all of you people that don't go to this church, um, this is not wine. This is Welch's. I just thought I'd help you a little bit. And since we're not of other denominational persuasions, it's okay for everyone to take communion, whether you are a member of our church or not, and you're not saved because you take communion. It's only symbolic. Okay, I just thought I'd clean all that up for a minute. We have a precious man that comes to this church. Is Terry here tonight? You know, can I tell on people's, can I tell on him? Terry is a sweet man. And um, I'm not anti-Catholic or anything at all because there's a lot of Catholics that are born again Christians. And there's Catholics that are not. It's just the way it is. Well, this man has been in church every Sunday all of his life. Think about that. Not one time was he ever born again. Here you go, let me drink that. Not one time did Terry ever hear the gospel. Not one time... And this man's going to church every Sunday from childhood to an older man. Did he ever hear the gospel and someone give him an invitation to be saved? He came here once because his daughter invited him for some special day. I don't know what day that was. Just kind of drug him out of his church and drug him over here. And he never left. And I remembered one day we were in a class back here in the back and he asked me a question, and I grabbed my Bible and opened to Romans 10, 9, and 10, and he got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, he looked at me one day and said, you saved me. I said, well, I didn't really. That was a joke. I said, Jesus saved you. I just showed you where it was in the Bible. Isn't that precious? There was a time, and years ago, I used to preach a lot outside of, um, of the United States. I've been to 20 nations. But I was in the Bahamas, and I was walking down the road one afternoon, and I was sharing, asking people to come to a crusade at night where we were going to preach the gospel. And I walked up to an, uh, an elderly woman who was out on her porch making uh, rice and peas, real famous Bahamian meal. And I walked up and asked her if she's going to come to the crusade, and she said, yes, she would be there. And I asked her, I said, are you born again? She goes, no, she said it. I'm, I go to church, man. I said, well, I didn't ask you if you went to church. She said, well, I've never missed a Sunday in my whole life. I've been going to church since my mama took me as a little girl. I said, well, I didn't ask you if you went to church. 
I ask you if you were born again. She goes, I don't understand, man. What do you mean by that? And I opened up my Bible to Romans 10, 9, and 10, and I said, sweetheart, this lady's got to be 85, 90 years old. I'm good. I said, have you ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? She says, I can't remember someone ever asking me the question. And I sat right there while she stopped making peas and rice and read her to the Lord, and she got born again, probably weeks, months, or days from dying and going to hell. In church, every Sunday man, never one time had a relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. Nobody ever told her how to be saved. I don't know who all of y'all are here tonight, but if you came in here tonight and you say, I don't know if I've ever asked the Lord that question, I want to read a scripture to you. Um, Romans, book of Romans 10. I want you to listen to this. If you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Say, that's easy. It is easy. Did you know that there's a lot of people in church today, every Sunday, never did that. Never did that. Does that shock you? Well, they should come here. Maybe they are. Before we, com before we take communion, I want to do something. I want everybody in this room to pray for the sake of those around us that may not want to pray out loud. And they want to pray that prayer. So I'm going to ask everyone in here to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for me. And you raised him from the dead. Tonight, I confess Jesus is Lord. And I thank you that I'm now saved. Amen. Amen. I said that for several reasons. There may be people here not saved. I enjoyed working in the world not being a pastor. I enjoy pastoring. But I'm not as close to ministry as you are. You're closer to people than I am. Every place I've ever worked, I get to know the people I work with. Most of them are just basic people. They're not good, bad, or ugly. But almost everywhere I've ever worked, I've had times when I've sat with people and said, do you mind if I pray with you? Most of the time they go, I don't mind. And I say, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I've led, I don't want to say hundreds, that's exaggerating, but a lot of people I've worked with to the Lord. Simple. Get them to pray with me. Many of them don't know. If you did that tonight, come up to me afterwards and go, I just got saved. And I want to say this to you. Welcome to the family. Did you have something you wanted to share?
It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. He's wonderful. He doesn't kill babies. This is what his name is. He's wonderful. He's your counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. We're getting ready to take communion. Isaiah 53 said, he was despised and rejected by men. It says, surely he hath borne, and translated in the Greek, it says sicknesses. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried away our pain. Yes. That could be mental, that could be physical, yes. and it is spiritual. Yes. The worst pain of all. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and he carried away our pain. But we esteemed him stricken smitten of God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was, not for his own, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. There is no peace in sickness. There is no peace in going to hell. There is no peace in mental illness. It says that he was punished so we could be at peace with God. Amen. Amen. So tonight, as we take communion, receive the peace that he was bruised for. Receive the peace in your life. Make peace with God like we just did and understand that he wants you to have peace in your body and your mind too because he was already punished for your peace. Amen. I'm going to say something and I think all of y'all will agree with me. I have never prayed with a lost person that did not get saved instantly. Have y'all? Does God answer instantly? Why does he do that? Because he's obligated to honor the blood. When you approach God with his blood, he will meet with you. There's no waiting on him. Many of you have prayed and prayed and prayed for things. I want you to stop praying. I want you tonight to say, Father, Jesus took care of this, and tonight I plead the blood. You answered my biggest prayer when I needed to be born again. You didn't delay, and you didn't say no. And you came here tonight with other things on your heart. Believe that because the he saved you by the blood. He will heal you. He will restore you. He'll restore you to fellowship. He will bring you back from whatever you're going through. He will answer anything you ask if you base it on the blood and not on you. Yes. Don't come talking about yourself. Yes. I'm glad I'm not like others. That doesn't get you in the throne. Thank you. I've been a member of this church for X number of years. He doesn't care. You, you can't help him out. My salvation is by the blood 40 years ago. It's still by the blood. Not because I'm the pastor. I don't know whether you all know this or not, but this may shock you. But I live by the same Bible you do. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm.
So I want you to do something. I want you to take the cracker, which represents the body. Get in your hand and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, when Jesus met with his disciples that night and he said, take this bread, it was unleavened bread. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. We remember that healing belongs to us. It's, we're not trying to get faith. And we're not trying to get healed. It's just part, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's by the same mercy that salvation comes. It, it's all mercy. Actually, it's easier to get healed than it is to get saved. So, Father, tonight there's people in this room that are dealing with stuff in their body. And I'm asking you as they shift over and just rely totally on the blood and they begin to thank you that you took care of this and it's not according to them having great faith but it's according to what you did. You said take, eat. This is my body. I broke it so yours doesn't have to be broken. In Jesus' name, go ahead. Father, I pray healing over everybody in this room. I speak to sickness. Command, you got to go. Satan, get your stuff and leave now. You have no part in this. You have no authority over our bodies. Our bodies are the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. And we're redeemed back to God by the blood. And Father God, we give you praise. Jesus is Lord. And then, Father, you said the same night you took the cup. And I, I actually am looking forward to one day and sitting in heaven and get the video and plug it in. And I guess we'll have DVD players or something. And we'll get to be able to be a part of that very first communion service. Where you said there's a new covenant, a better covenant based on better promises. Because you're not a man that you had to go before God for your own sins. You were never a sinner. And yet you went into the region of the dam and paid for hours. And you rose from the dead. And you sat down at the right hand of your father and took your blood into the mercy seat. And you said, as often as we do this, we're showing forth your death. We remember tonight that it was your blood that redeemed us. It was your blood that forgave us. It was your blood that brought us back. It's because of your blood that God even accepts us into the mercy seat in the throne room. It's because of the blood. Now, Satan, in Jesus' name, we resist you. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my home, my family, and my body and you have no rights on me at all. I've got authority over you and all your work and you'll in no way bring harm to me or my mind in the name of Jesus. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you for the blood that washes away all of my sins and restores me to fellowship with you. I plead the blood. Go ahead and take communion. And before we do candlelight service, this, that service wasn't for God. 
He didn't need this service. We do. We have communion around here every fifth Sunday, every Christmas, every New Year. So we have it about six times a year. We have it more often. Don't ever be afraid to have communion at home alone with your family. There's just times when you're in a battle and Satan's accusing you. Stop. Get the elements out. Get a saltine cracker and get some good Welches. Open up and say, Heavenly Father, I plead the blood. Draw a line in the dirt and say, Satan, don't cross this. You have no authority over me. I'm going to tell you something. I read years ago, Smith Wigglesworth took communion every day. He raised 38 people from the dead. You start feeling like you can do anything if you're washing the blood. But it wasn't because of him. Because of the blood. Now think if an ignorant plumber could do that, what an intelligent electrician could do. Or a real estate agent or a... Isn't God good? I pray we walk out of here with a revelation that the most important things on this planet are people. The people that are sitting in this room right now are people you died and shed your blood for, and they're precious to you. Then you gave us a family, the family of God. And Father, we're going to depart tonight and go off and wake up tomorrow morning, spend time with family, and I pray that we never take for granted that the only thing of any value is those relationships and those fellowships that we have. Without them, there's nothing down here worth living for. But because of them, we stay and preach the gospel, waiting for every last person to accept Jesus so we can get out of here and come home and be with the rest of the family. Father, we're going to celebrate the, the birth of your son tomorrow morning, even though you most likely were not born in December. It's a time we've chosen when you loved us enough to come to the earth and take on humanity. I pray, Father God, that the kindness we've seen in Publix and Walmart this week would continue into January. And people would continue to be nice to people everywhere we go. And I give you thanks for that, Father. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God, Merry Christmas. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful holiday.